Welcome in to Between the Yards, episode four. And in this episode, we are going to cover Major League Baseball, uh, looking at the season as a whole and previewing the season. I was looking at some things to go over for this episode, and there's been a lot of things going on in the sports world, obviously, but everybody's eyes are all on them. The NBA trade deadline was interesting as always, but Woj is on top of that. And it's really hard to dissect until the teams really start to get playing, get in their groove. Some guys haven't even landed with their new teams yet. Uh, March Madness is still going on, obviously. Uh, just ended the Sweet 16, heading into the Elite Eight. And it's uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and then the Pac-12 show. So it's gonna that's going to be very interesting moving forward, too. But again, everyone's eyes are all on it. So looking towards something... Uh, that's also happening this week, very big, is Major League Baseball. It's opening day. Uh, it's one of the best days of the year, in my opinion. You've got 30 baseball teams playing, and it's a kickoff of a very great season. And this year is going to be interesting. We're back to normal. Last year was the 60-game season, and I'm very, very excited to get a full season of baseball in. Uh, there will be fans in the stands. Again, awesome. So, I think it's going to be an interesting season. There's always the there's always the injuries factor. There is the dark horse team that comes out of nowhere. There's the the uh, the young team that kind of comes into their own. So we're going to go over all the divisions, my predictions, um, some guys I think that are um, going to win some awards. Then I'll give you my playoff predictions, my World Series winners, and we'll go from there. So I'm going to start with the AL East. Uh, it's historically been one of the best divisions in baseball. And uh, I will say this year, not so much. And that's okay. I've got uh, from one to five, I've got the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Orioles, and the Red Sox. The last two might kind of be shocking, but uh, I'll give you the rundown of all the different teams and, and, and you might, you might see why. So, Starting with the Yankees at the top of the division, I mean, they've got the best roster. They have the best team overall, I think. Uh, the Blue Jays made some moves, but at the end of the day, the Yankees have the roster. They, they've started to get the experience. So it's kind of a common theme with the Yankees, but it's all going to come down to health. You know, can Aaron Judge stay healthy? Can Gary Sanchez stay healthy? Can some of their pitching arms stay healthy? Obviously. So... For them, they're very health-dependent. That said, even in years that they've been banged up, they seem to have some guys that just kind of come up and perform. That, that stadium's a bandbox, and, and balls fly out of there. So we'll see what happens on that front. Uh, big story for them was LeMahieu returning to New York. I think everybody kind of figured that he was coming back. It was, not, it was kind of a foregone conclusion once he kind of hit free agency, but all the reports I ever read, he was never going anywhere else. But can he repeat the season that he had last year? He was kind of that um, missing piece for them, really, and carried that team through a lot of last year. And it'll be very interesting to see him play a full season in a Yankee uniform. I won't like it, but we'll see him uh, kind of play that, that full season, see if he can stay in that MVP race, and we'll see. Another big question mark for them is their pitching rotation. Kind of been another common theme with the Yankees. James Paxton and Jay Happ left, and they brought in Corey Kluber. Um, if he can return to Cy Young form, that'll be awesome for them. You know, behind Garrett Cole, 
Luis Severino, everything's up in the air with him. Uh, the management doesn't give you a whole lot with them. Last I heard, I think he's, he might be coming back like late summertime. And if they're making a playoff push, that could be huge uh, if he returns to form. You've got some other young guys, too. You've got uh, Domingo Herman. You have uh, Clark Schmidt, who people are clamoring for to come up. So you've got that young talent with the Yankees. And then you've also, you know, you've got their guys that are that are returning. And again, big question with them is health. Big question with them is health. But they're, at the end of the day, they're really loaded. Garrett Cole was, again, a huge piece for them last year. DJ LeMay, huge piece for them. Interesting signing by them was Jay Bruce to a minor league deal. I'm not sure if he's going to break camp with the team, but if they need that outfielder, if somebody goes down, he's a lefty. You get the short porch, so I mean he can he can produce from like a seven or eight hole. Definitely hit some home runs, kind of knock it out of the park, and 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 then go from there. Um, Clint Frazier, I feel like he's going to be the guy that like never was for the Yankees. Um, He'll probably just be like their fourth outfielder, not get a ton of playing time. And yeah, it'll be the same old song with Clint Frazier. And then people will talk about trading him. The Yankees will never trade him. It'll be the same song and dance. Get into the Blue Jays. Um, the Blue Jays are kind of like rebuild completed. Now it's time to move on to the next step. And they took that step in free agency this year. So they're going to have that youth movement. Vlad lost a ton of weight. Uh, so theoretically he should be back in shape. He was, they put him at first base kind of for a project last year, but, uh, I feel like that didn't go very well. So I think he lost weight to kind of jump back over to third and, uh, and kind of fix up that left side of the infield. Cause if you've got Vlad, Bo Bichette, um, you've got guys with pop in that lineup already, like Lourdes Goriel and Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Nate Pearson's the real deal. He's their top pitching prospect, and that dude throws absolute gas. And then, like I said, they went out in the free agent market, and they got guys like George Springer, Marcus Simeon. I guess, theoretically, uh, Bo Bichette would play second, and Marcus Simeon's going to play short. I mean, he's Gold Glover. So they got a, uh, they went out and got Robbie Ray, too, veteran pitching help, lefty, big strikeout guy. And then they lost Ken Giles for the back end of their bullpen, but they went out and got Kirby Yates, who's an all-star. So th- this team is going to be really, really good. I mean, George Springer to kind of shore up that outfield, uh, middle of the bat. Now he's your vet. Like, you know, he was all, like, you think of him as, as the, as one of the young guys from that Houston Astros championship team. And, and, you know, that, that Astros moniker is going to follow him everywhere he goes, but, the dude can hit, uh, you know, there's Springer dingers for a reason. He's really fun to watch in the outfield. So I think that was a really smart signing by them. Like I said, middle of the bat, great in the outfield. Marcus Simeon, also very underrated player, great shortstop. So watch out for the Blue Jays. I think that they're going to be a very good team this year. Uh, as long as the young guys all stay healthy, as long as they continue to improve and yeah, um, uh, I think they're going to jump the likes of the Rays. The Rays, um, they lost Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. Um, I don't know if anybody will forget Blake Snell's last moment as a Tampa Bay Ray, but uh, he got pulled, and Kevin Cash pulled him, and they lost the World Series. I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Blake Snell's going to go, and he's going to basically get the leash taken off of him, and he's going to be able to pitch how he wants, hopefully. So they lose those two guys, and 
They replaced him with Chris Archer. Welcome back to the AL East, I guess. Uh, got traded, and now he's back on a cheap deal. And maybe the Rays can get him back to that Cy Young, uh, Cy Young form. We'll see. And then they got guys like Michael Walker, Rich Hill, Colin McHugh. I mean, this is very, very typical Tampa. Uh, you get a bunch of guys, very cheap. They're the they're the the Florida. Athletics, really, if you think about it. I mean, Moneyball obviously started in Oakland, and everybody kind of does it, but the Rays will forever have one of the lowest payrolls, and they're going to find some guys that they think can get the job done effectively. And, yeah, and and then they'll, they'll stock the rest of the roster with young guys who haven't gotten out of arbitration. And this is the Rays. This is the cycle that they're in. They get to the World Series last year. And then they can't afford to pay the guys that got them there. And then they try to rebuild. They've got some good pitching prospects coming up as well. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, the big story for them, uh, one of the big stories, I guess I should say, is Randy Arozarena. I mean, he took the league by storm in that playoff run. Absolutely lit it up. I think he's batting three for them in the World Series as a rookie. So totally insane. He had that domestic violence charge. I haven't heard much about that. I think that he's going to be cleared to play. So... I'm going to be on the lookout for him. See, again, if he can produce over a 162-game season, that'll be a big help for them in that outfield. And then um, uh, my eyes are also going to be on the lookout for Wander Franco. Um, best prospect in baseball. The dude is gnarly. He uh, is uh, He's less than 21, definitely for sure. He's going to be a great shortstop in the league for like 10, 12, 15 years probably. So, He's going to be another guy to look out for. If he comes up, starts producing for them, who knows? The Rays can put it together. I'm going to pick them at third because they got a lot of stopgap guys. They lost a couple guys from their bullpen. Um, Nick Anderson just went down with an injury. So, yeah, three feels right after the pieces that the Blue Jays added. Um, I would love to see them give the Yankees a run for their money again, as usual. That's always fun. It's, you know, big brother versus little brother, but – I think three sounds about right for them right now. I think it surprised me. Absolutely. They play great baseball there. So we'll see. But I really believe in the Blue Jays this year as much as that hates, uh, that pains me to say. But I think the Blue Jays are a very good model for what the Orioles should be doing in the next couple of years. Now that said, I think the Orioles come in fourth place this year. Fangrass gave them an absolute 0% chance to make the playoffs this year. It's probably accurate. Do I think they're going to make a playoff push? No. I think that this is more about the Red Sox being really bad than the Orioles being a fourth place team, if that makes sense. Um, I'm going to talk about the Orioles all the time on this podcast. I mean, we're called Between the Yards. We're going to talk about the Orioles and Nationals a lot throughout the season. But what you're going to see, as I touched on on a podcast previously, is the is the youth movement. Uh, guys are going to begin to get called up. Um Again, we're kind of playing that money ball kind of thing. Matt Harvey's going to be our number two starter. I did not see that coming, but he threw really, really well in spring training. Bruce Zimmerman just got named our number three starter. Young guy, local guy from, um, he went to Catonsville High School, and I believe he's actually from Ellicott City in Howard County. So really cool that a local guy is going to be our number three starter. John Means is number one, but man, he stunk in spring training. I hope that he can return to all-star John Means. That'd be awesome. Kind of give us an anchor on that on that pitching rotation. 
Other than that, you're going to see guys like Dean Kramer. I think Michael Ballman might get called up. You've got um, Zach Lothar. You have um, Alex Wells. Keegan Aiken got sent down. I would imagine he'd be back up soon. The bullpen's bullpen's probably going to stink. You've got Tanner Scott, who, hard-thrown lefty, should be fun to watch. And then uh, Hunter Harvey went down with an injury. Again, shocker. So, I mean, we're going to be a very young team, but I think this team's got it. Cedric Mullins gave up switch hitting. He's going to be left-handed only. Austin Hayes, if that dude can stay healthy for a full year, I would love to see what he can do. Uh, Anthony Santander, uh, Santander, I'm sorry, was great for us. People were talking about him in the MVP conversation before he went down last year. Uh, very, very like outsider on the MVP conversation, but people were talking about it. Uh, Trey Mancini's back. So I'm going to have a lot of fun watching this team this year. They signed Michael Franco on a cheap deal. Freddie Gallus on a cheap deal. I truthfully have no idea who is going to play second base for the Orioles. They just um, DFA'd Yolmer Sanchez, who's a gold glover for the White Sox. Pat Vileka, he could play. He stinks. He can hit some home runs. I guess he'll be fun to watch too, but he definitely doesn't belong at second base. Um, Jemai Jones, Ryland Bannon, they're probably not ready yet. And then uh, there's a guy, Ramon Urias, a young guy. He might play some second base too. I don't know. It's going to be a revolving door there, but I I think the Orioles are, they're going to kind of put these pieces, they're going to plug and play this year. And I think they, they, I don't think that they lose a hundred games. I think these kids are young. I think they're hungry. I think they've got something to prove. I might be biased. That is perfectly fair. You can say that about me all day long, but I truthfully think that they can win like 70 games, 70 and 92. That's really not, you know, it's not great, but better than years past. Ryan Mountcastle is going to be the heart of this lineup. I think if Trey can return to his form, I think he provides another solid middle of the lineup option. I think the boys can hit. The boys can definitely hit. If the young guys can put it together, start throwing, if the bullpen can hang on to some games, I think the Orioles come in fourth place. The Red Sox, on the other hand, they make absolutely no sense to me. I, I really don't understand it. One of the bigger markets in Major League Baseball, they had all the talent, obviously. They won the World Series in 2018, and now here we are. Like, Mookie Betts, gone. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. just left in free agency. You trade Andrew Benintendi. Um, you got J.D. Martinez. He's getting up there in age. The guy can still hit. You've got Bogarts, and, and you have... Uh, Rafael Devers, and you've got some young guys coming up too, like uh, Bobby Dalbeck and, and Tristan Casas is is a dog too. He can hit. Um, your pitching rotation, it's a dumpster fire right now. Evaldi, he did that thing in the playoffs and he got paid, but I don't think he's ever going to be anything more than that playoff run. Eduardo Rodriguez, I, I hate to say this, but who knows how he's going to come back from COVID. I mean, he's got the heart issue. I, I don't think that he's going to start on opening day. Um, and then you go out and you sign analytics fiend Garrett Richards, the guy who's got all the tools and never put it together. So I just, again, I just don't get it. They build it up. The Red Sox build it up and then they tear it down. They build it up, they tear it down. Now that said, I mean, it's worked out for them. 
they've since they 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 uh, killed the curse of the Bambino, they've got quite a few World Series. But this year, I just think it's going to be a transition year. I think they're going to be very very bad. Pitching was a huge problem for them last year, and I don't think that that changes. I think that the outfield again, kind of transition year. Um, you got guy you got a guy like Jeter Downs who's probably not going to come up and play second base for you yet. So, you know that's not looking great. And then, depending on what Bobby Dalbeck does, I mean, do do does the Red Sox do the Red Sox look to trade Rafael Devers at the deadline? See what you can pull. I would imagine he he you'd get a haul for him, especially if you're not in contention. I, I certainly wouldn't mind if they traded Devers, um, get him out of the division, but certainly a possibility with the way that they're trending. I again, I just don't think that they have the I don't know. I don't think they've got the stuff. I think, again, I put the Orioles at fourth and the Red Sox in fifth. Truth be told, I think both teams are going to lose 90-ish games. I think it's going to be close. We'll see. I think it'll come down to like head-to-head matchups, truthfully. So that said, I think that the Orioles have a lot of young and upcoming guys. The Red Sox, they're kind of aging, and you've got a couple of stars in Endeavors and Bogarts, but you don't know what they're like status is going to be. So, and then if they trade Devers, I truthfully think that they're going to kind of, uh, they're going to tank. Um, at that point you have Bogarts and JD Martinez and they can't do it themselves. So that's the AL East. Um, like I said, you guys might be shocked at some of that, but that's truthfully how I see it breaking down again. This is all, uh, just predictions and, and, uh, obviously health dependent, but we'll see what happens. I think it'll be very interesting. I'm just very excited for a full season again. But uh, speaking of exciting, um, I think that in the AL Central, the White Sox are going to be a very exciting team to watch again. They were 2020s kind of on the list of surprise teams, and some people didn't see them coming. I will say um, that I don't want to be the, like, I told you so guy, but I definitely did. Um, They've been building this farm system. For a long time, I can't imagine what it would look like if they had Tatis. I really can't. I know they have Tim Anderson, and he's a great player, but like Tatis is a generational talent, and they traded him away. But they've got Luis Robert. Uh, they have uh, Jose Abreu, who's like the wily vet on the team, which is crazy because I feel like it was just a couple years ago that he was like rookie of the year. Granted, I think he got to the league a little bit late, but still. And then they made a couple moves uh, to improve their pitching, which I think it's going to be very, very huge. And then um, Andrew Vaughn, who was the number three pick a couple years ago behind Adley Rutschman and Bobby Witt. They're talking about him potentially breaking camp with the team. And if that happens, I mean, this team is going to drop bombs on, on their opponents. I mean, they did last year. And they won't have... Uh, Eloy Jimenez for a little bit. He got, I think he like, tore his pec trying to rob a home run in spring training, which, like, ultimate knucklehead move. This guy should not be in the field. He he He's born to do one thing, and that is hit the ball over the fence. But he's playing left field and tried to rob a home run in spring training, like, hung on the wall, tore his pec, I believe. I, I think they were waiting on an MRI. I don't know the extent of the injury, but it didn't look good. Um, that said... They still have the roster to 
to win this division. I mean, uh, Nick Madrigal, another kind of sleeper for rookie of the year. He's going to play second base for them. Uh, this team's going to be super fun to watch. I think anytime that you get a chance, tune in. They're, they can hit the baseball. And then on top of that, they went out and they got Lance Lynn and they got Liam Hendricks to kind of shore up that closer spot for him. So you put Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, that's a hell of a one-two punch already. Dallas Keuchel, who's been very, very efficient. Like the guy doesn't have the velocity, but like he's a very efficient starter. Like he's not Houston Astros, Dallas Keuchel anymore, but for him to be like your number three, that's a really solid three-man rotation especially when you get to the playoffs. Now you've got, you know, Lucas Giolito, who's a rising star. You have Lance Lynn, who's got experience. And then you have Dallas Keuchel, who has experience and playoff experience. That's going to be very, very important come October. So I think the White Sox are going to be a very, very fun team to watch. If Eloy does come back this year, watch out, man. I've got high hopes for the White Sox. They're, again, they're going to be very fun to watch. They lost... um, they still got Adam Eaton as well, I believe. And then, um, like I said, Andrew Vaughn, they're talking about him potentially playing some left field. You've got Yasmani Grandal behind the dish. Uh, they did lose James McCann, but, you know, you've got Grandal. So, yeah, very fun team to watch in probably uh, in a very – in a pre – it's, it's going to be an interesting division, but I think they can pull it out. I think um, – they're going to improve from last year. I think the Twins, who I've gotten second place, they're almost the same team. They they lost some pitching in Jake Odorizzi, Rich Hill, um, Trevor May, Sergio Romo. They picked up Jay Happ, and they picked up uh, Matt Schumacher from Toronto. And then they did add uh, Angelton Simmons, who's uh, probably – one of, if not the best, uh, shortstop defensively in the game right now. I love watching him play on the middle infield. You still got guys like Donaldson. They re-signed Nelson Cruz, who's going to drop Dick. You've got uh, Miguel Sano, uh, Jorge Polanco, who's a very underrated player in my opinion. So the Twins are going to be very good again. Um, I just think that they're kind of like stuck in the mud. They haven't won a playoff game, which uh, in like – I don't know, almost 20 years now. It's like they always draw the Yankees and they never win. Um, I I should say a playoff series. I'm sorry, not a playoff game. That would be insane. But, um, yeah, the Twins are just kind of like stuck in the mud. They're good, not great baseball team. They're going to hit some home runs. Pitching's good, not great. No one on their team really, like, strikes fear into me, if that makes sense. Uh, You don't – you've got a lot of – again, you've got a lot of guys that hit a lot of home runs – you get some guys that hit for average. You get some guys that are really good defensively. And theoretically, you built a really good, great baseball team. But they're just good. They're just good. They're going to be in second place. I think they're going to fight for a wild card. And, yeah, um, it's going to be the Minnesota Twins. And then you have the Cleveland for now Indians. They won't be the Indians for long, but they will be the Indians this year. And bottom line for them is that Pitching is going to keep them in the games. Um, you've got AL Cy Young winner Shane Bieber. You've got Zach Plesac, Tristan McKenzie, who was awesome in a couple starts last year. I believe he's still got rookie eligibility. So they've got another really great big three. But 
they lost Francisco Lindor, and he's probably your best all-around shortstop in the game right now. And it's a shame. It sucks for them. Um, but the top of their lineup is going to be great. I think they um, they still have Jose Ramirez, and then they still have they still have Fran Mel Reyes. So they got that pop up at the top of the lineup still, but it's nothing special. Um, I think again, third place is a good spot for them. They're going to be good. Pitching will keep them in a lot of games. I'm concerned at their bullpen. So it's like, even if Bieber, Plesak, McKenzie come out and they throw, you know, seven, eight scoreless, the bullpen going to be able to hold on because the top of their lineups, again, going to be very good. The bottom five, I don't see it. Um, I, I just don't see it. You've got some guys that were like good prospects at one time, not necessarily haven't panned out during the majors, but they're not great. I think they've got a lot of guys at the bottom of the lineup that, are going to be everyday players that probably shouldn't be. <clears throat> and we'll see what happens with the Indians. But this is a very classic. Um, they had their window. Kind of missed it. They, they've got a great farm for pitching. They, these guys just keep coming out of there. I mean, it started. It kind of felt like it started with like Kluber, Carrasco, and all those guys. And it's like they've just brought up these guys year after year. Clevenger. Now it's on to Bieber, police actress, and McKenzie. And Cleveland pitching is in good hands, but we'll see what happens. This is another one where I think um, marquee player might get shipped off the deadline. You might be looking at a Jose Ramirez trade. I don't know that for sure, obviously, but it, it could certainly be a possibility. If they're not in contention, they might be sellers at the deadline instead of buyers, and, and I would totally get that. So... Um, Fourth place, I've got the Royals. Uh, they traded for Andrew Benintendi. I think their top three guys might be like the best three, the best like tandem or trio of guys that can hit for average and get on base. You've got Andrew Benintendi now, Whit Merrifield, and Roberto Mondesi. Like those guys are all going to get on base. And Mondesi can steal some bases. So if these guys get on get on base, they added Carlos Santana as well. They've got Jorge Soler. Salvador Perez is still there. So now you've got guys behind them that can knock them in. They could score a lot of runs. Their problem is their pitching stinks. They're in a pitching ballpark. So it's like your the strength of your lineup doesn't match up with your ballpark so it's like you've got a you've got a pitching friendly ballpark you've got a hitter friendly lineup they'll be an interesting team I, I think the Royals could honestly like hover like if their lineup can make up for their lack of pitching they could hover around 500 I think realistically they're going to be in like the mid 70s range for win total but um, the Royals are going to be an interesting team I might throw them on just to watch them hit but their pitching is going to stink. I'd like to see Brady Singer kind of come into his own uh, from the Royals pitching prospect. But um, again, I think this this is a pretty bad division. And then uh, then in the basement, you get the Tigers. Um, <clears throat> they added uh, Robbie Grossman in the offseason. And if that's your marquee signing, it's usually not a good sign. Um, there's going to be two things I'm going to watch from, from the Tigers this year. And that is going to be Casey Mize when he gets to the bigs. And then uh, Miguel Cabrera's chase for 500 homers and 3,000 hits. Uh, I think Miggy's got 
Um, Miggy's got 13 homers to go, and then he's got 144 hits to go. So if uh, you need something to root for for the Tigers, there it is. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, class act. Um, he did win a championship. People forget that. 2003, he was a rookie with the Marlins. So uh, he's done it all. Class act again. Really funny guy to watch. So uh, I hope he gets there. 500, 3,000 hit club. 500 home or 3,000 hit club. There's not many guys there. So um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll be cheering on Miggy this year, even though the Tigers are going to be in the basement. Heading to the AL West, um, <clears throat> I think this division, again, not a lot was uh, shaken up here. Um, you've got the Astros. I think it's going to shake out just like it did last year. You're going to have the Astros at the top, the A's in second, the Angels in third, the Mariners in fourth, the Rangers in fifth. Um, the Astros are going to be interesting again. This cheating storyline is never going to leave them. Um, they were a game away from being the second team to come back from a 3-0 deficit. I really thought they were. I thought they were going to be baseball's villain last year. I thought that we were going to get the Dodgers-Astros rematch. I thought the Dodgers were going to wax them once they got there because they would have that chip on their shoulder. But I thought that was like, I don't know. I For a second, I thought Major League Baseball was like fixing the ALCS. The Astros really looked like they wanted that series, and I thought they were going to get it. But they didn't. Um, they lost in Game 7. But they won't have Justin Verlander this year. Uh, he's going to be out for the season uh, with that arm injury. And then they added Jake Odorizzi. Uh, he had a really rough outing in spring training the other day. He like, I think he gave up four home runs. He got pulled in the first. And then in spring training, you can come back in if you get pulled. And he went back in and he gave up two more, two more homers. Um, so their rotation is going to be interesting as always. Um, Jose Urquidy and uh, Framber Valdez, they've got some mean stuff, dude. I was watching them in the playoffs last year, and they have some mean, mean stuff. Uh, if they can put it together, and if they can like put together some quality starts, the Astros can be dangerous again. And, yeah, so they lost, and then they lost George Springer, but they're going to replace him with Kyle Tucker. And Kyle Tucker, I feel like he's been around forever. He's been like this highly touted prospect for such a long time, but their outfield's been so crowded He's never gotten a chance. So I think Tucker's finally going to become an everyday player, and we'll see if he can replace Springer. But I think the Astros are still going to be good. I think they're still going to win the AL West. Um, that said, one guy I'll always root for on the Astros is Zach Greinke. Um, what a dude. I mean, probably like one of the weirdest dudes in baseball. But again, a guy that's kind of jumped around from team to team, always done his job. Great pitcher. Absolutely a Hall of Famer. And I'd like to see him win one with the Astros. Probably not. But I'd like to see Granky have a great year again. I'm always going to root for that guy. Weird guy, but very cool guy, <laughs> um, in my opinion. Um, I think in second place, you're going to have the Athletics again. They just kind of like, they just kind of plug and play, man. Like, it's just what they do. Again, they're they're very much like the Rays, like, you're never going to pick them to win a division. You're never going to pick them to come in last. You know, they lost uh, Robbie Grossman. They lost Marcus Simeon. I talked about those two guys already. They picked up Elvis Andrews to, to replace Simeon. Like, I hate that signing. I really do. But the Athletics are going to figure it out. The A's are going to figure it out. They always do. They always play competitive baseball. Um, one thing I'm going to look out for is AJ, AJ Puck and Jesus Lazardo. I think they're going to be two 
really fun pitchers to watch. Both lefties, I believe. And, um, yeah, it's like I said, the athletics always kind of figure it out. They've always got these young guys that they bring up, kind of the stopgap guys, just like the Rays. I think they still come in second because the Angels will always stink. Um, the Angels will just forever be stuck in baseball purgatory, and they'll never be good, and they're going to waste Mike Trout's career, and I hate them for it. I hate them so, so much for it. Um, Mike Trout's like, how can you not like the guy? He's one of the best players ever. He very well could be the best player ever. We're witnessing greatness, and he's just going to waste on the West Coast in L.A. Like, you're on the little brother team in L.A. You play your heart out all the time. You've won a million MVPs, and you're never going to win a World Series. You're never even going to win a playoff uh, playoff series. It's a shame, but their pitching stinks. I mean, they have Alex Cobb, and they have Dylan Bundy. Alex Cobb started to figure it out for the Orioles a little bit last year. Then he imploded again. I don't know. doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, I think that um, a lot of their success is going to depend on Shohei Otani's health. I, I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine and like, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but like aside from Ichiro, the Asian phenom never works out. They just never do. And Shohei Otani is extremely talented. The dude can pitch. He can hit obviously, but he can't stay healthy. He got in his own head last year. They like took him off the mound cause he was getting absolutely shelled. So, I mean, He's going to DH. That's cool, but it's definitely not what they're paying him for. They're paying him basically to be like Babe Ruth from the 1920s or whatever, 1910s when he's still with the Red Sox, pitching and hitting. But you can't do it both. So we'll see, especially in today's game. Um, I'd like to see them call up Joe Adele, uh, top prospect. They signed Dexter Fowler, maybe just to be like the outfielder for like the first like three weeks or whatever, like that little window so they can keep Joe Adele's uh, service time down. But um, I think I think Joe should be in that outfield with Trout and and uh, Upton. And I, I would imagine Fowler should be like your fourth outfielder. But um, yeah, the Angels are just going to be like 81 and 81, the like epitome of mediocrity with one of the best players of all time. And we're going to sit back and watch it. It'll be very frustrating. But Uh, Then you've got the Mariners, who uh, the Mariners are so interesting. Uh, Historically, very bad franchise. Haven't been to the playoffs since like 2001. And um, yeah, but they've got a huge youth movement coming in with a ton of prospects. Um, Their outfield could be absolutely filthy. They've got Kyle Lewis and and, uh, Taylor Trammell already in the bigs. And then You've got Jared Kelenic and you've got Julio Rodriguez kind of waiting in the wings. Um, I think Julio Rodriguez is probably the worst of the four, but I mean, shoot, man, that, like that's those are four really good guys, and they can all hit, they can all field. I think Kelenic is the one that's kind of like um, the biggest liability in the field, I guess you could say. But I mean, the dude can hit, throw him in left field, good to go. And uh, then they've got Evan White at first base. So they've got a ton of guys that can hit the baseball, that can they can play for them. So I'll, I'll be very interested to see what they do. Um, <clears throat> pitching for them is going to be the question mark. They're bringing back James Paxton. They signed Ken Giles uh, to, to close out games for him. And then um, on top of that, you've got 
guys like Kikuchi and then like Marco Gonzalez. And they, they, they play in a very pitcher friendly ballpark. So, I mean, like if all these young guys start to produce, they still have Kyle Seager, who's like the old guy in the clubhouse now. He's probably like 30. But if the young guys can put it together and if the pitchers can kind of just be good enough, they, they I mean, they remind me a lot of like what I said the Royals are looking like um, other than like the two extremes of guys the, a lot of their hitters are very well-rounded. So if the young guys can produce and if the pitchers can be good enough in a pitcher friendly ballpark, we'll see what happens, but I don't necessarily see them making the playoffs, especially this year. I think maybe you put some, you get some guys, I think if they kind of put it together, like, uh, like the blue Jays are, if these guys come up, they succeed in their first you know year. And then you sign some free agents surrounded with vets. I think the Mariners could be a force in a, a year or two, but it's uh, not their time. Um, and then in the basement, you got the Rangers. Um, honestly, I have no clue what they did this offseason. I know they lost Lance Lynn, and that is it. But the Rangers are going to be bad. They have Joey Gallo. They have a brand-new ballpark that looks like a warehouse, like a shed. and that is all I can tell you about the Rangers. They're going to stink. They're going to be very bad. I think that they will be the worst team in the American League. And that's that. I mean, they that, that, that's all they got. I mean, they signed uh, – okay, so I just looked this up. They signed Fultzy from Atlanta. And Atlanta didn't want him anymore. Um, he, he's like a head case, I guess. And then he was losing velocity. I think he's in his own head. So – yeah, if that's your, like, marquee signing. And, like, in Texas, the ball, I mean, the ball historically has flown out of Texas. And, you know, it's warm weather. I know they've got the dome down there now with that new ballpark. But <clears throat> the Rangers are just going to be bad. They're going to be the worst team in the American League. They're going to lose 100 games. And um, I guess the Tigers are up there, too, for worst team. But I just think the, the Rangers are just going to be bad. They I have nothing going for them. I can't even name a prospect in their system right now. So, yeah, I think they're at the beginning of a rebuild. So, sucks for you, Texas. Sucks for you. That's the American League. I'm going to be right back with the National League. Okay, so jumping into the National League. I uh, want to start with the NL East, and the NL East, uh, truthfully, is the best division in baseball. This was my toughest preview to put together as far as like standings go. Um, the Mets are a very big, trendy pick to come in first place. I am not putting them there. I actually have the Mets in third uh, in this division this year. I think that they might be like a year away. I think they've got too many distractions, truthfully. Um, <clears throat> so to give you the rundown, I've got the Braves in first. I've got the Nats in second. I've got the Mets in third, Phillies in fourth, and then the Marlins in fifth. Um, the Braves are – the Braves, and, and as much as I, I shouldn't do this because this is a Baltimore DC podcast, but the Braves are one of my favorite teams in baseball to watch. They play – they're super fun. Now, that said, the Nats are, are super fun, too. Uh, so not only is the NL East the best division in baseball, I think it's going to be the most fun as well, as, as crazy as that sounds. The competition, you've got all these guys that, that play at such a high level, and they play they play like they love the game. Acuna, 
uh, Ozzie Albies, you've got Juan Soto, you've got Trey Turner, you've got Francisco Lindor now in this division, you've got Bryce Harper. This division is the best in baseball. It it is it is the most fun in baseball, and I'm truly going to enjoy watching this division all year long. Now that said, like I said, the Braves I think are going to come in first. They got better. Uh, they flew under the radar, but they got better this offseason. Um, they signed Charlie Morton. They signed Drew Smiley. And you add that to a rotation of Max Fried, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright. You surround them with a couple of veterans. And, like, quite frankly, this could be the best rotation in baseball. I mean, the Nationals have a great rotation as well. Big, big, big three. But I think one through five this is the best rotation in baseball. Um, now, uh, I'm actually going to backtrack that. <laughs> I'm going to backtrack. This is not the best rotation in baseball. The best rotation in baseball resides in NL West. This is probably third best out of everybody. I'm sorry. Misspoke. But that said, you've got three young guys. You've got two Wiley vets. And then uh, Mike Soroka is still on the mend. And he's going to be coming back soon, too. So, I mean, this team just got better. Ozuna came back. Um, Duvall walked. Adam Duvall walked, which, you know, he wasn't like an integral piece. Marquecas retired. So, it's really time for Christian Pache to step up, and I think he can. He's a fantastic uh, defensive outfielder. And truthfully, I mean, like, in a lineup with a bunch of huge bats, a defensive outfielder really can't hurt. And he'll hit for average. He'll get on base. He'll steal some bases, too. So, I, I really think the, the Braves got better. Um they, they had to, really, to compete with the Dodgers and to compete with the Padres. But we'll see. Uh, I think they win this division again. I think it's tight. I think it's tight, but I think they win the division again. Uh, I touched on the Nats before but uh, on one of my earlier episodes, but they got better as well. Uh, you add Schwarber and Bell to a lineup that already had Juan Soto, Trey Turner, um, guys like Victor Robles, and you've got a really solid lineup. Um, one guy whose disappointment out of camp was Carter Keyboom. They were really counting on him to take that third baseman spot. I think that that's why they were so content with uh, letting uh, Rendon walk and, and at that price for Rendon too. So, I mean, truth be told, like I said, I think the Nats got better. You're going to have Scherzer. Um, Strasburg is – Strasburg's back. He, he – uh, I read that – he tore something in his calf, but we as humans don't actually use it anymore. And like a bunch of people don't even have the, the ligament or the cartilage that he tore, which is kind of crazy. But man, that, that guy like tears everything. But that said, um, you got Scherzer, Strasburg, you've got Patrick Corbin again. The Nats added Brad Hand to the back end of the bullpen. They lost Doolittle, but I think Brad Hand is better anyway. So um, with this lineup, I think you're going to get ahead in a lot of games. The bullpen just has to hold it together. And I think that'll be good enough for second place in this division. I truthfully do. Uh, I'll get to why I also think the Nats are going to make a push for second place as well and a playoff push as well So um, a little bit later. So look out for the Nats. I think it's a big bounce back spot for them. Last year was really disappointing, but um, they'll be okay. They've got the stuff. They've got the they've got the dudes. They're gonna be just fine. So uh, the Nats in second. Then we've got the Mets in third. Obviously, 
they've got Francisco Lindor. They did miss on George Springer, and they picked up guys like Kevin Pillar, um, Albert Almora. Uh, you got they picked up James McCann for behind the dish. That's a big add. So, and then your rotation is going to look like um, you're going to have Degrom, Marcus Stroman, Taiwan Walker, and then they got Carlos Carrasco too. I think Thor's going to be out for a little bit, which is why I think it'll hurt. Bullpen's great, too. Uh, Familia, Edwin Diaz. So, that said, the Mets the Mets have a really great team on paper. But if there's one thing I've learned about the best team on paper, it's very rarely the best team in real life. Um, I also think that the Mets are going to have skyrocketing expectations. Um You've got Steve Cohen. You've got the new ownership. I just think that there's a lot of distractions. I get like an update every fourth day about Lindor possibly getting extended. So you've got a lot of things that are looming large on the Mets. And like that's usually not a great recipe for success. I, I just think that they're they're going to kind of let people down again. And that's kind of a Mets MO. I, like I said, I, I've talked about this before, but... I just think that, like, I don't know, the Mets are the Mets, and, and something's going to happen. It just always does. It's their luck. It, it just really is their luck. And like I said, it's very rare the best one of the best teams on paper actually ends up panning out. Um, so, again, I think this is going to be very close. I think the Mets missed the playoffs by a smidge, maybe like a game or two. I think this is a division that comes down to the last weekend of the last weekend of the season, um, and that's when the best baseballs played anyway. But uh, I think it's going to come down. I, I just think the Mets are going to choke. I think uh, there's something about it that's not sitting quite right with me. I just I just feel like kind of like in the NFL, you get the teams that win free agency. I think the Mets won the off season, but I think the Mets are going to come in third. So. Um, next you get the Phillies and I mean, they got Real Muto back, which is huge for them. And I just think that they didn't do enough. Like they stood pat while everybody else was chasing the Braves and they definitely had like their main concern was re-signing a bunch of guys so that they didn't leave. Um, and then huge problem for them last year was the bullpen and they got like Archie Bradley, I believe. And I mean, Archie Bradley is good. I don't think that he fixes all of your problems. He's good. But I think the Phillies are going to be a good, not great team. Um, possibly in a couple other divisions, they might be a second-place ball club. In the NL East, they're going to be in fourth place. They might hover around 500 because this, this division is going to kind of cannibalize itself. But, um, yeah, they're going to be a fourth-place ball club. That's just the way it is up in Philly. Sorry to say, guys, but uh, yeah, the division's too good. You're just not good enough. Um, and then the Marlins. Uh, Marlins are another team just kind of rebuilding. Don't have a ton of flashy pieces. Uh, I love Sixto Sanchez. So, again, if you're looking for like a bright spot in some of these last-place teams, Sixto Sanchez is a hell of a pitcher. If you get the chance to watch him, you should. Also... Little plug, no free ads, but um, 
uh, T-Mobile. If you have T-Mobile or if you have Sprint, uh, go to T-Mobile Tuesdays. On Tuesday, they're giving away a free year of MLB TV. So take advantage of that. Uh, T-Mobile is a huge partner with the MLB. Like I said, no free ads, but uh, figured I'd let you guys know if you have T-Mobile or Sprint. Huge thing. That's how I watch a lot of baseball games. So go for it. Uh, like I said, I'll be turning into Sixto Sanchez. Love that guy. He um, <clears throat> he is a hell of a pitcher. So again, that's what I'm going to be looking for on the Marlins. NL East is going to be some really, really fun baseball. So make sure you tune in. Um, heading to the Central, I think we're going from the best division in baseball in the NL East to the worst division in baseball in the NL Central. Um, the way I see this division shaking out, um, truth be told, I think you've got the Cardinals. I think they're going to win the division. And then I think you've got the Brewers, Cubs, and Reds at 2-3-4. I truthfully think that they all kind of hover around 500 and like they're they're rather than being like a division that cannibalizes themselves i think they're going to be a division that like they just beat up on each other but it's going to be like a case of no one's really great no one's really that good they're just all going to kind of win games here and there so uh and then you've got the pirates who quite possibly could be the worst team in baseball so um jumping back to the top uh again I, i've got the cardinals they made that splash trade with uh or to get nolan arenado um and pair him with goldschmidt and i think you've got probably one of the better corner tandems in major league baseball goldschmidt at first arenado at third um you had a gold glover you had a perennial you know all-star and a great bat over there at third base it's gonna be awesome um i truthfully think that jack flaherty is might be the best pitcher in baseball um the Cardinals need to figure out the back end of that rotation. Um, you're going to have Flaherty. Wainwright should be back. I would imagine Carlos Martinez is going to be your number three. And then you got, you've got guys like Kim. Uh, you got a couple other guys there too. But they've just kind of got like Wainwright's getting up there in age. And then like Carlos Martinez hasn't really lived up to the hype. And then you just got like a, a bunch of guys, like a bunch of dudes they're all like good, again, good, not great starters. Um, <clears throat> now, like I said, Flaherty's great. I think the back end of your bullpen's really good there in St. Louis too. Um, so yeah, I think they'll win the division. I think Dylan Carlson is uh, really, really good. Uh, love Paul DeJong as well. Uh, they did lose Colton Wong, which, um, you know, very, very important role player for them, but isn't the end of the world, especially in this division. I think they win. I think they maybe win, like, they don't win 90 games, but they win the division, um, which will be frustrating for a lot of people in baseball to see that because I think the Mets win more games than anybody in this division, but they miss the playoffs. So uh, you want to call that a bold prediction? I don't know, but that's just kind of the state of baseball right now. So I think that's what happens. Um, the Cardinals win the division. And then in second, I've got the Brewers. Um the outfield trio of Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, and Jackie Bradley Jr. is fantastic. Um, that's awesome. They added Colton Wong from the Cardinals. And then you've got guys like Keston Hira. Uh, you have Travis Shaw. And then they have um, 
Josh Hader, obviously, at the back end of the bullpen. So, like, if they get a lead and Hader comes into the game, it's a wrap. That's why they, I've got them in second. I think that they're going to be able to hold on to more games with their lineup and then with their bullpen. Um, and then their starters, like, kind of how I was mentioning about the Cardinals, like, their starters are just a bunch of guys. Like, no one's really that great. They're just a bunch of guys. But they get it done with this lineup who can put some runs on the board, kind of do that job for them. So all these guys, Woodruff, uh, you got Corbin Burns, you got a few other guys like that. Nothing, No one really stands out, but they, they get the job done. They, they pitch, get a quality start out of them, get it to that bullpen. You're in good shape. So Brewers are going to come in second. And then you got the Cubs. Um, Theo, Theo left, obviously. And then, you know, you still got guys like Rizzo, Baez, Chris Bryant. Uh, the the pitching rotation, um, pitching rotation is probably the worst it's been in years. Uh, you've got the return of Jake Arrieta uh, to the rotation. You got Kyle Hendricks. The the back end of the bullpen is suspect at best. They did sign Jock Peterson. Um, you got Ian Happ in the outfield too. So the Cubs are going to look very familiar. Uh, David Ross fine manager. Uh, he's no Joe Madden. Uh, now that said, Joe Madden's in LA with the Angels and the Angels aren't going to do anything. But yeah, I think the Cubs are just going to come in third. I think their pitching rotation is worse than the Cardinals and Brewers and their bullpen's not great. They've got some star power, obviously. So and they're a marquee team. People will cover them, but I think they're going to hover around 500, like I said. And they're going to come in third. Then you've got the Reds. Um, Trevor Bauer left. Trevor Bauer was like one of the only things that was keeping them relevant. I love that they still have Castellanos and Jesse Winker. Um, Joey Votto's still there. I love that guy too. He's uh, one of baseball's forgotten players and definitely shown some loyalty to the Reds for a very long, long time. He gets on base a ton. I believe he's got COVID right now, which uh, really stinks, but hopefully he's back healthy soon. Um, the Reds are just kind of like stuck in purgatory too. Uh, you got Sonny Gray. Uh, you've got Luis Castillo, but their their rotation just really took a hit without Bauer. Um, they went to the playoffs last year, and they pushed the Braves to the limit. Um, I watched a lot of Reds baseball last year because I love Trevor Bauer. I liked what they did with their offseason moves with some of the some of the bats they added, but they just couldn't hold a lead, man. They blew so many leads because they had no bullpen, and I don't think they addressed that this offseason. Plus, they lost Trevor Bauer. So you don't have one of baseball's best pitchers trotting out there every five days. So even in baseball's worst division, I think you're going to come in fourth. I, I, I think that they could make a run at second or third. Um, <clears throat> they got hot towards the end of last year as well. Um, but again, I think two, three, four I, in this division, I think you're all real close. I think you're just kind of like 82 and 80, like 79 wins. You know, you're, you're all chilling in that range. So, like I said, the Reds might push a little bit, but they're not going to come close to a playoff berth. And then, finally, you've got the Pirates. Um, kind of my theme on this has just been picking and choosing, like, something to look forward to for the last place teams. Uh, and the best thing I've got for you is Cabrian Hayes. He's the third baseman. He's uh, probably going to be a Rookie of the Year candidate. Should be an everyday player for the Pirates, but the Pirates freaking stink, dude. They are terrible, and they're going to be terrible for probably a while. Probably going to have a 
the worst record in baseball, I would imagine, this year. So they're full-on tank mode. Um, and, yeah, Brian Hayes is going to be a good player to watch for them. You still got guys like Brian Reynolds there. Uh, I believe Newman's still there, too. But pitching rotation, terrible. Worst team in baseball by far. So, yeah, um, that's NL Central. I'm not going to watch a ton of NL Central. I'm going to watch when um, – Jack Flaherty's on the bump, and that's pretty much it. Hope Arnato hits all the home runs, and uh, I think Goldschmidt Carlson will make a, a fun, fun trio for them in the middle of that lineup. So um, that's the NL Central. Like I said, I don't got a ton on that. But uh, last but certainly not least, um, we got the NL West. The I think for this division, I think the Dodgers and the Padres will both win 100 games this season. Now. I think they're both uh, very deserving of that. I think they're baseball's two best teams. I think that there's no debating that. Obviously, the Dodgers won the World Series last year. They added Trevor Bauer. They really didn't lose a whole lot. They lost Kike Hernandez. And, yeah, they lost Kike Hernandez. They're getting back David Price, um, who sat out last year. Uh, They're going to have Julio Urias at the back end of that that rotation, and then you've got Walker Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw, and the reigning Cy Young winner is going to be the number three starter. So, like I said, to amend my statement about the Braves rotation earlier, I think I think that the Dodgers rotation is one A. I think the Padres rotation is one B. Um, you look at the Padres rotation. They got you Darvish. They traded for Blake Snell. You have Chris Paddock, Denelson Lamette. Um, you've got Mackenzie Gore waiting in the wings. Uh, Mike Clevenger had to get Tommy John, so sadly he'll be sitting out. If Clevenger was in this rotation, I would argue that this is the best rotation in baseball. These guys are nuts. So, like, I said the NL East is the is going to be the most fun division to watch in baseball. 100%. But if the Dodgers and Padres are on TV, that is going to be must-see TV. The two best teams going at it. They're going to play – you play your division opponents 18, 19, 18 or 19 times a year. And I'm going to be tuning in for all of the matchups out west. I'm going to stay up late. I can't wait to watch these guys. I think um, Cody Bellinger, he's uh, a must-watch as well. You've got guys in that lineup. Justin Turner came back, so you've got your vet. Max Muncy's going to hit a ton of home runs. So Will Smith is very quietly one of the best catchers in the game. Um, A.J. Pollock's like their eight-hitter. A.J. Pollock was a three-hitter for the D-backs when he played there. Like, put that in perspective for the Dodgers. They're gnarly, dude. They're so good. They're so good. They didn't lose. I think they lost, um, like, Pedro Baez out of their bullpen. Okay, whatever. They'll replace him. Bruce Darglaterol is going to come out of that pen pumping 102, and nobody and everyone's going to say Pedro Baez who? Like, for the Dodgers to keep that core together and then add, like I said, one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not, obviously he's the reigning Cy Young winner. Like, I, can't, I don't even have to say arguably the best pitcher in baseball because he was last year. So the Dodgers are going to be wild. If, barring any injuries, first place, 100-game winner, 100%. Now, again, jumping to the Padres, no slouches either. Um, you've got 
you've got Machado, Tatis, um, you've got Jake Cronworth, who was a rookie sensation last year. They also signed this guy, uh, ha, ha Sung Kim from the KBO who plays second base as well. A lot of pop in that bat. Um, I, I know we all, uh, if you're a baseball fan, um, I'm sure you may have stayed up late for some KBO games during the beginning of COVID. I know I certainly did. I saw him play a little bit. I had no idea what I was watching half the time, but I went back and watched some highlights. Kim can hit the baseball. You put him in the middle of that lineup as well. If he gets some at-bats with Cronworth, it'll be good. Hosmer. Hosmer's still there. Hosmer is, um, I would say, a little overrated, but he's still very solid first baseman. And then um, you got guys like Will Myers and uh, – like the the Padres lineup is also very very good guys. Like you're looking at it was like the NL Central I believe a few years back where like three teams uh, I think it was the Cubs the Cardinals and maybe the Pirates when they were still doing when they were still kind of in it they they all won like right around a hundred games. Like I that's what we're looking at with the Dodgers and Padres. It, it is just going to be a duel every night out West and it's going to be so fun to watch. Um, you got Tommy Pham out there too. Uh, hopefully he had that off season attack on him. Um, I hope that he's okay. If he is again, this lineup is going to be something to mess with. So I love the Padres. I love Fernando Tatis um, in those matchups out West. I'm going to be rooting for them because the Dodgers have been, part of this, uh, you know, part of baseball royalty forever. And over the last few years, they just keep going to the World Series. So I'll be rooting for the Padres. That's just me. But very, very fun teams to watch in 2021 out West. That said, the rest of the division freaking stinks. Um, you got the D-backs, Giants, Rockies. I think that's how they finish in that order. Um, one of my favorite guys to watch pitch last year was Zach Gallen. Very fun guy to watch pitch. Uh, again, amazing stuff, but he is now hurt. Um, he got hurt while hitting, and I'm um, pretty pissed off about that. So Madison Bumgarner is their ace. Uh, D-backs don't have a ton of guys. They got Ketel Marte. Um, you got Christian Walker, who is okay. But, yeah, they don't have a ton of guys. David Peralta is still out there. And, yeah, so they're going to be very average. Um, I do think that the Dodgers and Padres both win 100 games because they're going to be beating up on the D-backs, Giants, and Rockies, just uh, point blank. I think that's how it's going to happen. Um, but going back to my point about Zach Gallen, um, I know they kind of did it to test it out last year, but I'm a big fan of the universal DH. Like, why not, man? Why not? Like, you do all these things to, like, grow the game, right? And you do all these things to try to attract new fans. And everyone knows that hitting attracts fans. Well, if you have you Darvish or Blake Snell, and they throw seven, eight innings, like, you're going to get two or three at-bats out of them, which are usually automatic outs. Like, we don't have CC Sabathia's growing on trees where they're going to hit dongs. You know, we don't have Dontrell Willis's growing on trees where they're going to hit home runs. Carlos Zambrano's of the world. You just don't. Pitchers are going to go out there. And then a guy like Zach Gallen gets hurt. And that really hurts the D-backs. Like I said, I don't think they were going to 
compete anyway. But Zach Gallen was in a Cy Young, Cy Young chatter for a little bit. And then I believe he did get hurt at the end of last year too. But it's a shame. I'd really hate to see Trevor Bauer go down because he got hurt. Or Walker Bueller, Hugh Darvish, Jack Flaherty. You don't want that happening. Any of the Braves pitchers, Max Freed. You don't want Scherzer, Strasburg, Patrick Corbin. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, you get these you get these guys. They're amazing at throwing the baseball. And then they have to hit. They don't practice hitting. They practice bunting. And some people argue, well, there's more strategy with the double switch. There's more strategy with the pinch hitters. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. But those pinch hitters you're putting in, like, don't you want them to get a few at-bats a game if they're so good? If you're inserting them in the lineup? Yeah, why not? I would have killed to see more of Kike Hernandez when he was in L.A. You know, Jock Peterson, those guys. Um, so we're back to the pitcher's hitting, and that's okay. And a lot of National League fans are going to like it, but we play real baseball in the American League, just saying. But anyway, um, hopping back to it. Yeah, and then you got the Giants. Um, the Giants have a lot of – they've got that combo of, like, old and young guys. They've got some guys that are over the hump. They've got some guys that are just kind of there. Um, Mike Yastrzemski, Donovan, Solano, good guys, solid hitters. Um, I liked Mike Yastrzemski when he was on the Orioles. Sad he never got a chance here, but uh, sad we traded him away, and now he's balling out west, but good for him. Uh, then you got guys like Buster Posey, Johnny Cueto, you know, over the hill. Cueto's like, I feel like Cueto's still covered, like he's still an ace, but I just feel like he's not. So, um, Kevin Gosman's their opening day starter. Interesting, interesting, uh, especially from a former Orioles fan, but hey, not going to judge. I, I wish him the best, but Giants are going to stink. And the Rockies are awful. The Rockies are terrible. Rockies have never had pitching. That is going to continue this year with Herman Marquez as their ace. They got Kyle Freeland. I believe he's hurt right now. Um, uh, Senta Zela, I believe, uh, is their number three. So, I mean, I guess their pitching isn't awful, awful, but it's pretty bad. I mean, all the ERAs are always going to spike because you're pitching in Colorado, but it's pretty bad. And then you trade Nolan Arenado. Um Charlie Blackman is really getting up there in age. Charlie Blackman still can hit the hit the baseball. So, I mean, like, I think that Blackman and Story are both traded by year's end. I think the Rockies go full tank. They go fire sale. I don't think there's any reason for any of those guys to hang around. Story's going to be a free agent soon, and Blackman could be, like, that veteran piece. Like, if someone's um, – if an outfielder gets hurt – or if you need an extra bat in the American League and you're making a run, I could see somebody trading for Charlie Blackman. Like, if he's still hitting, like, a 300 clip come the, come the deadline. Like, he was flirting with 400 last year. Obviously, that's, um, like, a pipe dream over 162. But, I mean, if Blackman's hitting, even if Blackman's hitting, like, 280, you get a, a really great, like, top of the lineup bat. I mean, if your lineup's loaded, you could – throw him down in like a seven hole and he's still going to produce, get on base, hit the baseball. And then Trevor Story, he's he's one of baseball's great young shortstops, uh, part of that free agent class that's coming up. So, I mean, if you're the Rockies, I'm trading both those guys, going to try to get a haul of prospects. I know the the days of the rental, like the rental for a, uh, for a player and then um, 
like pulling a haul, those days are kind of over, but I could see it. I, I really could see it. And yeah, so that, that's what I got for the NL. Um, oh, one, one other thing I was just uh, thinking about this when I was talking about rentals for, um, like rentals uh, at the deadline for, for playoff pushes. Cause John Lester was part of one of those. And I completely forgot, but John Lester is a Washington national now too. So add him to that. And at least uh, powerhouse that we've got. And it's going to be some really fun baseball. Like I said, um, I think I'm going to be tuning into a lot of that. I am going to love the national league this year, even though the pitchers are still hitting, but the national league is going to be really fun to watch. Um, the American League feels kind of like feels kind of top heavy. You know, your representative is might might not make the playoffs again next year. I think the NL might be the better um, the better conference, I guess, but or the better league. Um, but the AL feels kind of top heavy. It just kind of feels like you're chalking up the the divisions to the typical winners, and then uh, with, with the White Sox as an exception. But I think it'll be kind of the same old, same old um, there. But, yeah, so that's the National League. I'm going to jump into some some awards real quick and then jump into my playoffs and my World Series predictions. And that will be it for me. But um, I think that uh, – so I'm going to go through MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year for, uh, for both leagues. And then I'm going to go through my playoffs and my World Series predictions. But um, – in the American League, I mean, <clears throat> it's uh, for for MVP, it's Mike Trout and everybody else. Um, if if you're picking like at the beginning of the year, if you're placing bets on anybody for AL MVP other than Mike Trout, like you might be throwing your money away. Truthfully, like he just wins all the time and he just does amazing things. And you don't have the Mookie bets of the world anymore in the American League. Um, and barring like a 60 home run campaign from from somebody, I don't think that he's going to lose MVP. Um, if I had to choose somebody else, like if you put a gun to my head and said, no Mike Trout for AL MVP, I'll probably pick Alex Bregman. Um, I think he's probably the most well-rounded player outside of Mike Trout. Um, I could also see, like, um, I told you guys I love the White Sox this year, and if somebody puts together, like, an amazing campaign from that White Sox team, I could see it. Truthfully, I don't think anybody's really MVP caliber on that White Sox team. But if you're one of the best players in the American League, typically you get consideration if you're like the best hitter on that team. So I could see um, – I truthfully think it's just going to be Mike Trout again. But I could see Bregman. I could see maybe like a White Sox slugger if they have an out-of-their-world – out-of-their-world – season out of body experience almost um hate to say it but you know if one of these Yankees sluggers throws together an amazing campaign maybe it's LeMahieu uh you know well-rounded hitter but yeah I mean I'm gonna go Trout I'm gonna go Trout he's the best player on the planet and you'd be dumb to not pick him for MVP again um but then in the National League um I'm gonna go with Juan Soto um experts and a ton of people always uh, say that he is the best hitter in baseball right now. And I, I don't disagree. And I truthfully think that this is why the Nats are going to come in second place in 
the NL East and could make a push for first, truthfully. Like I said, I think it's going to be tight between the top three teams, but I don't think the Nats get there without an out-of-the-world season by Juan Soto. I think he's going to hit the cover off the ball. He always does. He gets on base. He's got an amazing eye. Um, I like. I, I know that everyone loves the Soto shuffle. Like I don't know why, but I just hate it. But I think that that's the point. Like he does it to get under people's skin, and it does its job because typically when he does that Soto shuffle, the pitcher misses their next pitch, and if they miss in the strike zone, it's usually going yard. So it's like they they might miss out of the zone, and Soto gets on base. But then if they miss in the zone, Soto's taking them yard. The dude is a phenom. Um, like he's going to be around for a long time. I think he, he might be on like Mike, he could be on Mike Trout level of just like winning MVP after MVP. If he puts together these campaigns, I think full season extrapolated over 162 games. I think Juan Soto is going to put together a very, very nice campaign this year. And I think he is going to ball. Um, you've got, you know, he's had some, uh, a couple years ago when it was a world series, he came up mid season and then, um, and then last year he had like the delayed start because of COVID. But I think if he stays healthy, I just think it's him and everybody else. I think the NL has, like I said, the NL has some very, very, very good players, but I think Soto, um, I think Soto is going to be top three in home runs, top three in RBIs. And I think the dude is going to win NL MVP and be a big reason why the Nats are in contention this year. I truthfully do. Um, moving over to Cy Young. I think that you got a couple guys that went to the same high school and they're going to win their respective Cy Youngs. I think you've got uh, Lucas Giolito in the American League from the White Sox. And then I think in the National League, Jack Flaherty. Um, I touched on this a little bit before, but I think Jack Flaherty is the best pitcher in baseball. Um, I truthfully do. I think that he's kind of stuck in a division where like he's on one of baseball's like quote unquote blue bloods, but I think he's in a division where like not a lot of people are watching him, but that said, I think Flaherty can capitalize on his weak division and win a Cy Young. That said, I think, um, Giolito can do much of the same. I, I do think that there's some really good bats in the, in the, uh, AL Central, but I think Giolito is finally coming into his own, um, which is kind of wild. Like this guy led the led uh, was like out of qualifying pitchers. He had a terrible ERA a couple years ago, uh, terrible like walks to to K's ratio. Had some real control problems, but he's pulled it together. He threw a no hitter last year. Uh, I think um, I think that. The White Sox are, like I said before, they, they're going to have some really big bats, do a lot of big things in their lineup, but I think their pitching rotation is going to make the difference this year. I think Lucas Giolito wins Cy Young. Jack Flaherty wins Cy Young for the Cardinals. Both Cy Youngs come out of the Central in their respective leagues, and that and those two guys are going to be really fun to watch all year long. Um, and then for Rookie of the Year um, – I might be a little bit biased here, but I'm going to go Ryan Mountcastle in the American League, I think. Um, and then I'm going to go with Dylan Carlson in the National League. I think the reason I'm picking both of these guys, uh, truthfully, is going to be volume and quantity. 
Um, I think that both guys break camp with their respective teams, and I think they're going to hit a lot of home runs. They're going to drive in a lot of runs. They're both in position to be like middle of the lineup bats for their respective teams, and I think that's going to produce results. Like a lot of times you see some rookies, they end up playing like, they end up being like six or seven in their lineup. Like truthfully think like Mount Castle and Carlson might hit like four or five in their lineup. Like if not a different spot. So like, I I truthfully think that they're just in really great positions to produce. And if they stay healthy, I think that we'll be looking at uh, two rookie of the year sluggers, um, from those two teams, uh, you know, there are some other guys that I mentioned too. Um, Nick Madrigal for the White Sox. You got Wander Franco. You got a few other guys in the American League. Uh, in the National League, you got a guy like Sixto Sanchez. You got um, some other guys that are. Uh, you got the guy Kim from the KBO. That, that might be a trendy pick too, because you know he's a vet, whatever. So he's not really a rookie, but he's a rookie. Um. So yeah. You got a, a few really good candidates, but I think it's going to be Mountcastle, and I think it's going to be Carlson, and I think they get the job done. They win Rookie of the Year. So it'll be a fun season, and then I think when it's all said and done, your playoffs are going to work out like this. In the American League, I already gave you my predictions for division winners, but in case you forgot, the Yankees, White Sox, Astros – and then I think it'll be the Blue Jays in uh, the wild card spot. And then I was torn here, but I think it'll be the Twins over the Athletics. Um, I, I originally had the Athletics down, but I just think that they might be in a little bit of transition year. They'll be there at the end. Like I said, they always are. They're a little pesky, but I think they'll be there. And I think that they'll do well. Uh, but I think the Twins sneak in. And then I think the Blue Jays beat them, and I think the Twins go another year without a uh, playoff series victory. And then in the National League, I think you will have the Braves, the Cardinals, the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Nationals with the Mets close behind. So uh, back to the five-team format, um, I think... The fact that the Padres are going to win 100 games and are going to have to play in a wildcard game is going to be insane, which I think will then lead to Rob Manfred expanding playoffs, especially because I think the Mets are going to win 90 games and miss the playoffs as well. So that said, when it all shakes out, I think I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but the, the American League doesn't necessarily impress me. I think your American League champion, the Chicago White Sox, and I think your National League champion, after surviving the wild card game, is going to be the San Diego Padres. And then I've got the San Diego Padres beating the White Sox in a seven-game series to win the World Series. And it might be wishful thinking, but I think, like I said, with the White Sox big three pitching, I think that if they can stay healthy, they can hit a lot of really clutch home runs. I just don't want to put the Yankees in the World Series. I don't want to put the Astros in the World Series. And I think the White Sox can get it done if their pitchers, if their top three can hold it together. That lineup can produce the runs needed to get to the World Series. Like I said, might be a crazy pick, but this is what I'm going with. Padres are going to beat 
the Nationals in the wild card game. They're then going to have to go to L.A. and they're going to play uh, in division in the division series. I think they knock off the Dodgers. Um, I'm going to root for them to knock off the Dodgers, and I think they do. Um, and then I think that they knock off the Braves in the championship series. I think the Braves beat the Cardinals, but it'll be very fun. I think these playoffs are going to be awesome if this is how it shakes out. And, uh, yeah, so I think you got the Padres over the White Sox. Call me crazy, but that are my, those are my picks for this year. That's my major league baseball preview. And we will see you between the yards next time. Thanks for listening guys.